Hello, and welcome to Heroes of World War I and II, the show where I share the remarkable stories that you don't hear about in history class. I'm your host, Torek Neufer, and today we are starting with a hero from World War I, Alvin York. The beginning of this tale starts a long time before the war, December 18, 1887. Inside a drafty Tennessee cabin, Alvin Cullum York is born to a small family of four, but he is soon joined by nine other siblings. York attended school for nine months before being pulled out by family to help with his father's blacksmith shop. As one of eleven siblings, York often found himself in fights with his brothers and local boys. After a particularly violent bar fight, York's best friend was killed. Filled with sorrow and regret, York soon found himself in the middle of a religious revival, which prompted him to change his violent ways and join a pacifist Protestant denomination. At the outbreak of the war, York was determined to stick to his newfound pacifist ways. I was worried clean through, he said. I didn't want to go and kill. When he registered for the draft, he answered the question, Do you claim exemption from draft? by writing, Yes, I don't want to fight. When that was denied, he appealed for conscientious objector status, but his number was called while his claim was being processed, so he was drafted into Company G, 328th Regiment, 82nd Division. While training in Camp Gordon, York spoke with his company commander and battalion commander about the morality of fighting in a war. Biblical passages about protection and service cited, them, cited by them persuaded York to change his view about the conflict. York requested and received a 10-day leave to visit home, where he denied a letter from his pastor that would have exempted him from the draft. He returned convinced that he was meant to help the people of Europe in their time of need, as committed to his new mission as he had been to pacifism. On October 8, 1918, during the Meuse-Argonne Offensive, the newly promoted Corporal York and 17 other men, under the command of Sergeant Bernard Early, were ordered to infiltrate German lines and take out the machine guns that were halting the main advance. The men did just that. They stealthily crossed the dangerous no-man's land and overran the headquarters of a German unit, capturing a large group of German soldiers who were preparing a counterattack against the U.S. troops. The group was preparing to return with the prisoners when the German machine gun nest they were originally supposed to capture opened fire at them, Six men fell instantly, and three, warm, three more were wounded, including Sergeant Early. York, as the new highest-ranking officer, ordered his men to retreat while he held off the machine guns. He stood and sent shot after shot into the machine gun nest, buying time for his men to get to cover and guard the prisoners. Over 30 machine guns fired down in his position, but York stood his ground and exchanged fire with them. I was sharpshooting, he said. All the time I kept yelling at them to come down. I didn't want to kill any more than I had to, but it was they or I and I was giving them the best I had. At one point, York's ammo ran out in his rifle. While he ducked to reload, seven Germans charged his position with fixed bayonets. Realizing that he didn't have time to reload, York drew his small semi-automatic pistol and shot all seven men before they reached him. Imperial German Army First Lieutenant Paul Jürgen Vollmer emptied his pistol trying to kill York while he was contending with the machine guns. Upon failing to injure York and seeing his mounting losses, he offered in English to surrender the unit to York, who accepted. York returned to his brigade commander with 132 prisoners and a silenced machine gun nest. His actions that day earned him a Medal of Honor, as well as 50 other awards from France, Italy, Montenegro, and others. He is one of the most decorated soldiers of World War I. After World War I, he returned home a hero and worked to improve the education system for his home state of Tennessee. During the events leading up to World War II, he was a strong supporter of the interventionists, people who wanted to join the war in Europe. This stance was wildly unpopular in the strongly isolationist United States of the time. Yet he was still so influential that his voice did not go unheard. President Franklin D. Roosevelt, who was also a supporter of intervention, would sometimes quote York in his speeches. 
York's most famous quote is from his speech to the Unknown Soldier, where he says, By our victory in the last war, we won a lease on liberty, not a deed to it. Now, after 23 years, Adolf Hitler tells us that that lease is expiring, and after the manner of all leases, we have the privilege of renewing it or letting it go by default. We are standing at the crossroads of history. The important capitals of the world in a few years will be either Berlin and Moscow or Washington and London. I, for one, prefer Congress and Parliament to Hitler's Reichstag and Stalin's Kremlin. And because we were, for a time, side by side, I know that this unknown soldier does too. We owe it to him to renew that lease of liberty he helped us to get. Alvin York died on September 2nd, 1964, due to health problems most likely gained during his service in World War I. He is remembered as a hero, and he left behind a legacy of valor and courage in the face of great trials. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of my podcast. I hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as I did sharing it. Join me next week to learn about another exciting story from the World Wars. I'll see you then.